0: Yeah, you got a friend of the bus, mate. You got a friend of the bus.
1: Broadcasting from Essex, it is the 23rd of November and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently $56,430. 1,772 Satoshis gets you one dollar. I am your host, Aaron Dawn. And joining me once again from North London is my hair, John Barrowman, Joe Mehmet. Hey, Joe.
0: John Barrowman. Oh, come on. He's, he gave me to the woke culture, mate. Well, Why would you sort of say mention me?
1: Well, because he's trending on Twitter at the moment, mate. And I don't know for what reason. Let me just have a look. Uh, John Barrowman, what's he done? Oh, he's on Lorraine. Of course he is. He's on Lorraine. Talking all all things theatre and campness and uh, all of that kind of stuff, no doubt. Um, wasn't he? Wasn't John Barryman recently uh, involved in a bit of a scandal?
0: Yeah, I think he was some kind of like a uh, a, a, a mini which I think he kind of diffused it quite quickly, didn't it Well, you know, this is called, the thing. So it, basically, it's
1: passed, uh gone. Yeah, no. This is what I'm reading on Twitter now. So basically, people are outraged that Lorraine's let him on Good Morning Britain this morning because he's apparently called into another millennial reviewer. Uh, He's called John Barrowman a sexual predator and shouldn't be allowed to work again. No nice talk shows or interviews or quiet returns. What's all this about? Was he involved in some kind of sexual... Ah, okay. John Barrowman accuses people of turning silly behaviour into exaggerated sexual harassment after flashing on the Doctor Who set. He said he has <laughs> never hidden anything. There's there's a joke there, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, people don't get it. Do right. Joke? <laughs> so he flashed He he, he did a he, he flashed basically on the set of Torchman, and, and that's why it... he should be banned forever. He, he probably was like, he probably
0: wanted to have a, It was down for a pee mate, you know what I mean? He probably just had, a, you know, just went behind the ball and just had a quick pee, right? You know what I mean? And how many times we see that on a Friday night, Saturday night, you know what I mean? And, well, it, it becomes a, he flushed his, you know, whatever. <laughs> right, how you been though, Joe? How you
1: been? Let's, let's leave all that nonsense behind us. Yeah, pretty good.
0: Um, Go, go back to the Bitcoin thing, right? I yeah, just cool. got um, a WhatsApp message from uh, Marcus. Hi, Marcus. He goes, what the F is happening with Bitcoin? And I'm thinking, well, what's happening? what's happening with Bitcoin? Is it going up? Is it going down? You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not a chance to reply. So maybe you could ask that question, Aaron.
1: Right, Marcus, what if the you're hell listening, is happening to- this is Bitcoin. a usual, typical Bitcoin bull cycle. Uh, every time you make a new all-time high, it goes up and it peaks and then it comes off. This is usual because it's it's generally the whales taking profits. Um, so what happens is people take their profits off the table when a new all-time high sets, which forces the the price to go down a little. And then we'll reaccumulate and all the weak hands obviously sell at $69,000 and all the strong hands rebuy it all back in at the price it is now and it will send it to another new all-time high. In the previous bull market of 2017, we had seven drops during the bull market of over 20%. Now, we are currently 18.5% off of the all-time high, which was set... 13 days ago, 12 days ago, the all time high of 69,000. So, this is quite normal. Um, all I suggest to you, Marcus, buy, hold, keep buying, buy the dip. That's all you do. You buy the dip because we know inevitably Bitcoin will continue to increase. This is an investment advice, but you kind of know this is protect your wealth advice.
0: So, right, well said.
1: Well, I couldn't have put it better on a on a WhatsApp message. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So uh, you'll have to send him a link to the show and say, uh, "I uh, I answered." Well, he listens to question. the show, doesn't he? Yes, <laughs> you know. I noticed there was a few new new members of the Telegram chat this week, mate. Um, I don't know if you meant you noticed that at all. No, no, I'll leave, I'll leave that um, side to you, sir. Okay, well, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Michael Palmer, who's come and joined us in the Salonomics chat room um, from my Bitcoin Essex chat room, um, you know. so okay. And it turns out he's a hairdresser. So it, oh, okay. it's funny how small the world is. See, I told you I'm going to be changing the hair and beauty sector with Bitcoin, one salon at a time. So this is, I think, with him, Norman... Yeah, I think this is about the fourth. I suppose you you've been orange peeled now, so technically you're the that, that's five salons of orange peeled into bitcoin now. So resistance is futile.
0: Oh, listen, we we talked about it the other day did not we Where um, you know, if we 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 could make our industry, right? So sort of like VAT proof sort of like regulations proof, and, and uh, sort of like keep, keep the... Uh, cash,
1: keep, ca- keep cash going. Well, keep what we earn, basically
0: speaking, right? Cryptocurrency is the way to go forward. You know, so sellers so having their own um, currency, print, you know, sort of like, not printing, mining their own currency. The other thing is, like, uh, like we, dis- we discover, once it becomes a popular thing, the governments would immediately shut it down. Well, try to. Well, they will do, won't they? They would. They would just like sort of make it illegal to trade or on that type of, on that, on that. So, uh, I kind of think if sales were to go underground, and completely off the grid, then it's the way forward. Which I, I, I think. that you know, So, not not want to divert into it. Uh, dive into this whole sector, but the the um, the, the professional boys wanting all these regulations, right? They can have it. You know they could pay their sort of like VATs. They could pay their fees. They could all that rough. And, and most sides go underground and sort of do their own thing, and no one will bother them. I think that would be a, a good balance. I think.
1: Uh, yeah, I um, I kind of concur with that. Apart from the bit where the government will shut it down. A bit like I say, there's there's a there's a bull and a bear market kind of thing going on here. And the more and more regulations the government impose on Joe Public like you and I the more and more we withdraw from the public sector don't we do you know what I mean and it's only a matter of time before people realise that the amount of regulations are completely overwhelming and suffocating that they will have no choice but to go off grid because we spoke about in previous shows about the whole sustainability and the whole climate yeah. change thing yeah. and the 2030 yeah. thing can you imagine all you're trying to do is cut a bit of hair but every week, you have to conform to another regulation that the wonderful people at the regulators bring in for us, you know, to protect us, you know, as a, as a community of, 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 of workers, as, as a community of local um, tradesmen, which what hairdressers are, you know, in every town there is two or three salons and barbershops and stuff, you know, they are they are trying to destroy the local economy and like i say i won't stand for it and i know i know you won't stand for it either so yeah good yeah, luck right. good luck trying to yeah. destroy the local economy but it won't work basically is, what I'm, is my message to that uh, anyway let's set up today's show though joe um yeah, obviously but, uh, I'd,
0: I'd like, I'd to
1: yeah we that. don't want to talk too too much crypto too early on we don't want to li- lose 90 percent of our audience but um yeah, so we we want to talk a little bit today about the freelancer model. Um, the freelancer yeah. model as in, you know, studios, you know, self-employed studios where people can kind of rent a chair. The, we... Uh, um, we also have a great under the bus this week where i'm going to introduce you to the the threat of central bank digital currencies and why it's a threat to our entire industry if they, these things are to come in um, and also we've got a, a we've got a link, linkedin uh, report we've got a joe's get you go um, and uh, yeah We've got a lot coming up. So, should we crack on then, Joe? Yeah, go go ahead. Go ahead. (coughs) So then, we went to an event, didn't we, on Sunday? We was invited to Creative Hub Studio in... Where was it? It was Bedfordshire, weren't it? Eversholt. Bedfordshire,
0: yeah. Eversholt.
1: Yeah. It was in the middle of nowhere, mate, weren't it? It was in the beautiful rolling well, green I would have, hills. I would have called people living in Eversholt in the middle of nowhere. Oh, <laughs> mate, you saw... I mean, you was you was breathing in every time we had to go down one of those country lanes. You know, you didn't want to yeah. You didn't want to scratch the Land Rover, mate, did you? <laughs> Going down those single <laughs> roads. <laughs> um, but, yeah, basically, yeah. we went... We was invited to an event... Um, you know, these are these are Caroline and Amanda. Uh, good luck with it. The the place is amazing. I love the feel of the gaff, though, mate. Did you? I mean, it was a renovated. It's like kind of one of these renovated barns, wasn't it?
0: As it happened, they were telling, it was an actual educational centre, educational centre mm. for farmers. Oh, was or that what it was before? Farm. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, okay. it was um, educational center. I, I, look, I, I, could. I, I thought it was, it was. I thought it was a beautiful place. Actually, it was all like lovely surroundings. Mm. And I, I liked the way it, it, it kind of like from, from what it was to what it is. It, it was beautiful, um, really, really um, open, bright, and and yeah, it, it was actually quite beautiful. Um, much better. Much better um, units than, than you know what you see in London. You know I mean, I mean yeah. to have a sort of really wear factor in London uh, of a salon, you got to spend what a million, mm-hmm. half a million at least. And I, I would probably think, not, I'm not going to say fractional price, but a lot less. And
1: and they, and they had a wonderful, wonderful year. There. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So um, big round of applause um, mm. for them for creating something. I think this is something that they've been they've been building for over a year, Joe. But obviously, COVID pandemics, all that kind of got in the way, um, um, and has delayed the opening. Much. Yeah. Go
0: on. I mean, you know Amanda, don't you, and Caroline? Um,
1: well, they asked. They are they they reached out to me after I went on the Dom Lahain. Podcast because oh, okay. they wanted so you didn't to. Really know them before, no, right? no, not at all. They wanted to know about Go Salon, how Go Salon kind of fits into right. their way of doing things, which it does beautifully, uh, and I'll I'll explain more about that. But yeah, carry on. What was you going
0: to say? because no, I like to know. Right, what was it before? Before it became the creative hub, was it just a, a salon, or were they working in a salon before and then moved out into that unit? You know, I I to I, I, mean, I didn't get a chance to talk to their about their um, background, it was more the present and the future we talked about, really. Um, so I mean, if you if you knew about their background and you know you could have sort of filled that filled up for, for me, but you like you say you you don't, you wouldn't really know. Would you? In
1: London, well, the, how the, does it work, the, Joe?
0: Well, look, the, how it works, I don't know because you know obviously they got their uh, they got their business plan, they got their model, they have got their ideas, right? But what I do know is that what they're doing is they're being creative in, in a in a in a world right now right that is so um dying it's basically dying our industry is dying right and and for them to they this is my my in, uh, interpretation of my muscle like um, thinking is that they they want to stay in the game they would they want to be part and parcel of the industry which i understand it's a great industry to be in but they they don't want the headaches that comes with running a salon or operating as a sole entrepreneur or sole operator whichever way you would look at it so obviously getting a salon republic model you can't replicate that model in this country impossible so you 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 have a variation of it and had the Collective done it in um, Shoreditch, which I think it's got problems anyway. But then sort of getting to Bedfordshire and just targeting that area itself, I could see it working. And the I was talking to Caroline, and I, I said to her, how are you gonna get the hairdressers to come here? Because most hairdressers, we talked about it before, right? They're like their they're, they're like they're comfort zones, right? and you know, obviously you've got one or two that will be very entrepreneurial and very sort of sovereign and they will do their own thing but a lot of hairdressers they like their comfort zone too how are you going to get are you going to educate them to sort of say this is not going to survive at the present situation of real because as each day goes by the industry is shrinking so in order for hairdressers to survive they have to start to think in, in a very different um platform different dimension sorry and the collective hub actually gives you that opportunity i think because like like with the scout right there's a membership scheme
1: well yeah there's, let a, let me let me just uh, map it out so people understand yeah. exactly what it is we're talking about so we're talking about a system where essentially you can go to the salon you can rent a chair for the day so, in order for you to or go, the and, or the hour, or the hour, yeah, they do charge per hour as well. So, in order for you to rent a chair, because this is the thing what most people don't seem to understand, freelancer models. There's no quality control. You cannot demand that person be there on time, wear certain uniform, um, you know, use a certain product, or you can't have any control over what kind of hair or beauty or you know. Is, is you know is put out there you know the output of the hairdresser that's coming in it's completely self-employed so you're an individual working in a collective space so basically how to get how to get one of these these um, chairs you have to sign up for a membership and the membership I believe was 85 pounds a month wasn't it but then you have to pay 12 pounds an hour for every hour that you use the facility um, if you don't pay the membership, it would be 25 pounds an hour. So you can imagine it, you know, you've got to be doing it's so like let's for argument's sake, if you're charging 50 pounds per haircut, your haircut's taking 45 minutes. So in 3 hours you can maybe do four haircuts. You know, you're going to earn 200 pounds. But you're you're going to give away 100... In four hours, you're going to earn 200 pounds. You're going to give away 25 pounds an hour, so that's going to be 100 pounds. So your commission is essentially 50%, right? Yeah, yeah. So essentially, the model is set up so that you will earn more commission. What's a general salon commission, Joe? Like someone working in a hairdressing salon. What do you pay them?
0: Well, it's it starts off right at the entry level mm. it's always about 60 40. Okay. 60 to the salon no yeah 60 to the salon 40 to the hairdresser and is that before you, or after that well it's always it's always before isn't it you know the way it works right let's basically be be much easier to sort of say 50 50 right 50 50 you um you, you charge you made 100 pounds for a day i'll take the 50 quid out right and from your 50 quid i'll take the vat out which is 20 percent. so you are with 30 quid basically speaking right that's this is that is the basic all right so i as i mean i know myself and i know some hairdressers too right when they become the very essence of a salon right where they're the um hey number one then their commission becomes even stronger and higher because a salon, is, it's, a salon should think it's better to get
1: something from a hairdresser than nothing. If, yeah. When a hairdresser starts It's going to speaking be 40 like quid that. in that scenario. Otherwise, you're taking yeah. 40% of VAT. I mean, so, it, yeah. it, in
0: most sense, right, it was yeah. 70, right? And 30 to the salon, right? Because, you know... I don't, no, 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 no. no you're
1: getting, I'm, we're getting confused with percentages and, and, and values now. You said £100, 50-50. Yeah. You take 50 yeah. as a salon owner. You leave them 50, but you've got to take their VAT out. So VAT, yeah. tw- 20% of 50 quids is only, yeah. but that, is but only that, a tenner, but that, but that, right? That, that doesn't or are you, blo- taking, blo- that, are you blo- that, taking your VAT as well off of the stylist?
0: W- well, you take the VAT, right? The VAT doesn't belong to anybody. It belongs to the Vatman, man, right? So, you know, the son doesn't keep it. So it's, it just wastes money, right? Sure. No, but so, this but
1: this is my point. This is my point. It's like, well, hang on. Why, why aren't you taking the 20% out of the 100 quid? Why, no, are the, why are you taking the? 20, why are you taking the twenty? Why are you the, taking the all twenty percent out of the 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 stylist wages? Yeah, because because VAT is added on the bill. The VAT is added a bit.
0: It, it's not like in a restaurant, right, Where um, VAT you break it down. Mm. It, in a haircut, I mean, people think right that they charge a hundred pounds for a haircut. They don't. They're actually charging. £80 plus that yeah, sure, to
1: bat, which makes it a bat. So, you know I mean? so it's optics then isn't it I mean you saying yeah. 50-50 it, it isn't is it it's it's, no. it's 50-30 and 20 to yeah. to Bojo to, to, to yeah. Rishi yeah, yeah. That's right. So it is optics yeah. then, isn't it? So this is why working in this self-employed setup is a much better system for individual hairdressers because it, it, exactly they don't have to pay the VAT because That's they're, right. they're, they're not That's necessarily right. going to be earning over 85 grand a year. So they're not going to be exposed to that VAT. So in That's your right. salon, that, that scenario, being in your salon for four hours, doing four haircuts, 50 quid each, you're taking 100 quid and then you're taking forty quid, so they're they're getting sixty pounds for four hours' work under this model. Hunt uh, the Hunter Collective or the Creative Hub, you're getting a hundred pounds. Don't don't mention Hunter Collective because we
0: we we're not gonna we're not gonna get any exposure, Good. right? All so right. don't mention it. All right,
1: okay. Creative Hub, you would get a hundred pounds. So there you go. Just mm. by leaving the salon system of being an employee, you're earning forty quid. And you're doing half a day's work. You're only forty pound more. And you work in.
0: And you work to what? you know, work around your clients mm. rather than working around these salon's hours, right? And it's sort of, if you've got clients, that say from ten till two, you work there, and you got you got the rest of the day to yourself. So there's a lot more freedom. Mm. There's a lot more flexibility. And also, the harder you work, the more you're going to earn which is basically speaking what everybody wants. They want more money in their pocket. Most hairdressers that I know, they don't mind working hard. What they do object to, right, is giving away a lot of that money that they they actually physically earn. Yeah, in fees, in commissions. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Whatever, you know. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you, I mean, they, they, they don't really understand, right, that the, the salon owner takes the risk of opening a business, raising the money, blah, blah, blah. So they have to appreciate the salon owner as well. But unfortunately, employees don't. Yeah, you know, they they, they
1: well, look true. at it. So, so yeah, what we're saying is this freelancer model really gets rid of the two biggest headaches of owning a salon, which is, one, employees, two, mm-hmm. the, the VAT. The the VAT issues, having to deal with all the bureaucracy and accountancy to deal with everybody's taxes, national insurance and VAT, right? Mm. So, I mean, if that isn't a bullish case for freelancer studios in 2021, I don't know what is. Do you know what I mean? Because surely owning a salon, an employee-based salon, is going to be so hard in the next couple of years right w-
0: was i i think this, and this is where the girls are very clever they didn't call it amanda and caroline they called it a creative hub so it becomes more neutral so you, you know as a hairdresser you're not actually going to go and work as say nikki clark's or lee step salon you know where you're going to rent a chair you actually go into a, a neutral environment mm. So, there's no egos there per se as well. No, there was so, photography
1: there. I mean, they had beauty. beauty. They had a beauty room. They had uh, aromatherapists. there, was there? Yeah, Selling. yeah so, that's right. So, there was a Producer. lot of variation, you know, to the sections, mm. you know. Yeah. So, every time that you go in there, that's got to be quite exciting, right? Every time you go in there, there's going to be different people so for the well, individual again, that's got to be quite interesting right
0: it, it is this is again right another another interesting thing that um, salons do i mean I, i'm going to take the french example because it doesn't really work in this country but in in france yeah in in, in the early days of france i don't know so much now because I, i'm not being part of the uh, the setup but i ha- i do know what they're doing now but they're very different but years gone by in france right when the salon opened up right most French hairdressers opened up a hair, hairdressers, a hair salon. They didn't do beauty. I mean, in this country, right? You know, when, when a salon opens up, they're going to have beauty, they're going to have manicures, they're going to have all the shebang, all the customer service, all in one roof, right? In France, they did. They didn't do that. They opened up a hairdressers, like color and haircutting. That's what they did. Now, if the business was suffering, right? And this is like literally, it's about to fold then they a beautician in then they were sort of getting uh, a freelance beautician in to rent a room out and that would just prop the business up it would take away the burden slightly because there's an extra revenue coming in an extra stream of income coming in and most most successful beauticians they have a very strong following a very strong clientele they all do and and what, the, and what happens is, right, is that if they bring their, all their clienteles with them, which they all do, the salon gets a bit of it too, you know, because the British will recommend, sure. oh, you've got to go to Aaron, you've got to go to Joe, You do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So it, kind of, so it actually, then the business survives on, on that. Whereas in this country, I, I, I did it myself, and everybody before me did it, Apart from the sixes and sevens, which I wouldn't know, they all open up. They're going to have beauticians, they're going to have manicures, they're going to have all these kids, right? And then what these beauticians and manicures do, are, The hope in the salon feeds them rather than beauticians feeding the salon. You, you understand the dynamics, the differences, you see, right? Whereas with the Creative Hub, if they're be renting the units out, these beauticians will have a clientele. they haven't got a clientele they're not going to survive because you know their their hours are going to be unpredictable and the hairdressers coming in going to be unpredictable so they can't recommend per se at that moment they could probably recommend for future references by all means but for that moment that's going to be the tricky part so it, it is very interesting how Everybody could work together and feed off each other if they get it right. If they don't get it right, then there's gonna be some people gonna be very disappointed too.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously this kind of setup is open to absolutely anyone in the creative industries. So mm. but the one common denominator, you've got to have clients. You know, you can't right. not have a clientele yeah. and go into these and expect this salon structure to feed they're, you. They're never to feed you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think I think that's that's the, that's the most important point. Yeah, I think I think a lot of hairdressers don't really. So obviously, as you know, Joe Mehmet, you were there uh, at the beginning of last year. We tried to do set up this whole model uh in alexander street in south end you came to the opening day we were about two three months in before obviously covid hit and kibosh the whole thing um but what we what i found in that that you know those early months was it there was a mentality thing i think there's a lot of hairdressers in their comfort zone working in a salon structure with assistants and a receptionist and someone making the coffee and someone washing the hair and taking the colour off and doing all that. I think there's a lot of creatives out there, there's a lot of hairdressers out there that don't seem to understand that yes, it could seem daunting like flipping from your comfort zone of the salon into this structure where you're all on your own. Like every like every decision you make is is your decision. But you don't have to be doing 10 clients a day. You know but stacking them all up at the backwash, you know, working really, really hard to get that small amount of money, that small amount of commission you do. So straight away your quality of life improves, the quality of your work improves, and you just feel much, much more happier because rather than needing to do ten clients per per day at a thirty percent commission, like you just explained, once you take all the all the VATs and all the commissions and everything out of it. Rather than doing 10 clients a day at £50 each, £500, what's that, 30%, it's £150, you can do 6 clients and earn £250 and work less hours in this model. And And I think that's what people need to understand when they're going into this model it's a, it's a lifestyle choice. You, of course, you can stay in the salon, but you've still got to work really, really hard. You're, you're keeping more of what you earn in this, in this scenario, aren't you? Um, do, do, do you remember what I said to you many years ago? Right? Mm. It, no, I don't. You've it, said many things it, it, to me over okay. the years. One,
0: one thing, I, one thing I surely you, you haven't forgotten one of my famous sayings. You don't work harder. You work smarter.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's an old adage for hairdressing in general, right? Working smarter, not harder. Well, I
0: don't not think the hairdressing them. No, not at all. Um, no, but there is another way of getting around the VAT, I think. Was there another way of getting around the VAT? I think there was, I think. But I think there was a scheme where a hairdresser goes into a salon right, as a consultant. Okay? So you don't go in as a rent a chair model you're going as a consultant okay and this was the this is how you do it I think um you go and you do your client and then you 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 don't there's no money exchange whatsoever the the salon takes the the payment all right uh like as usual and at the end of the month or whatever time period that's negotiated negotiated the hairdresser gives the salon an invoice for services. Do you
1: understand? Yeah. Contractual work. I mean, is that is that still allowed now? You know, obviously, you know, th- yes. you're talking many years allowed. ago. It when is you... allowed. Mm. It's just that no one
0: practices it, right? I mean, I could have done it myself, but I would have worked in a salon anyway. Mm. I mean, I I, sure. I, I I for one don't want to get into
1: yeah. the salon
0: politics of today. But that is a way around it.
1: Okay, it's, well yeah. that's interesting. There's some free alpha there for all you salon owners there, if you want uh, mm. to look um, to circumvent uh, the tough VAT restrictions, which are impovering impovering our industry. Should we say is that right? Is that yeah. word impover- impoverishing? impoverishing our industry um vat yeah is essentially forcing people off the grid isn't it and and this Mm. is one of the fears i think people need to dip their toe in i think the one problem um freelancers have or self-employed have when they go mobile they go completely freelance is this fear of a doing something new but there's this there's this there's this loneliness that builds up over time. So even if you as a freelance hairdresser doing two, three, four days a week, you know, one of those days in a freelance studio for, you know, a certain section of your clientele that wants all the mod cons of being in like a, a you know, a luxury location and having their hair back, you know, washed at the backwash, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. You know, I mean, is that not the ideal lifestyle for a hairdresser? They can come and go as they please. They can, you know, communicate and be within a, t- like a group of people um, that are all motivated, that are all looking after their their own clients. Do you know what I mean? That have re- got real skin in the game in that scenario. You know, there's no wastage, is there, mm. in this <coughs> freelancer right. model. Do you know what I mean?
0: Uh, and also... Uh, According to the BBC and the hair, the hairdressing casual that's not right. Hmm. They want sustainability. So if you've got less wastage in the salon, yeah.
1: yeah no, I mean, su- I mean, in terms, in terms of, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean less. Sarcastic. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, le- I'm talking less wastage in terms of productivity. You know, you've got lots of people there not faffing about, not twiddling their thumbs, not scrolling aimlessly through Instagram yeah, but, while they're but not also, working. Yeah, but, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but there's also the other things like you know you haven't got so many things that just sort of sitting there doing nothing, basically speaking, mm. right? Uh, so you're not going to, you know, it, it does it does fit into that narrative of, of, of a salon being sustainable as mm. well. So all right, so, yeah, totally. So yeah, there, it, it is i i actually think the girls did amazingly well i really do to to actually sort of be brave to be bold to be creative and and individual as well right because you know they're, they're thinking outside the box to actually sort of come up with this concept and and believe it's going to work and it should work yeah i'd be very very surprised if it doesn't work at
1: all yeah well I think like I say I think we'll you know follow this space uh we'll follow Mm. it um and and we'll see how we'll we'll check in with them I mean like I say it was great meeting them all I wish them all the the luck in the world so let's 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 analyze the pros then so the pros then for a hairdresser going there is obviously they're going to earn more money right um they're going to have a better lifestyle lifestyle. um they're going to be working yeah they're going to have that freedom they're going to be working with a diverse team because the team will change every time they go in um, they have to, um, you know, be ultimate professional as well, don't you, in mm-hmm. that scenario. So the pros are, so what are the cons? The cons are going to be, you know, they're not going to feed you, so you're going to have to have your own clientele before you can even entertain it. Um, any other cons you can think of? of uh, you know, you've got no assistant to, to help you out. If, if you've got insecurities, right? If there's no work, there's no work. But don't you have those insecurities working in a salon anyway, Joe? Of course, uh, you know. We all, you know. So the, I'm just trying to isolate. The... I'm just trying to isolate the cons with this model over the old I, I, model.
0: I can't see it. I suppose this, if, if, if you, you've got to be mobile, right? You've got to be. You've got to have access to to, to get there, right? So
1: you know, there's. I don't really see any cons. I mean, to you'd have awesome. to have access to go to your employee salon. So, well, you know, well, like yeah, I say, I'm just trying to isolate it, the pros and cons. I can't think I, of I mean, any. to
0: have I'm, I'm, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here, Rob, coming up with sure. the, the cons. Um, I can't think of any. I mean, you're I gonna, really I mean the,
1: the big pro is you're going to earn more money. It's like, it's like getting an increased commission from your, yeah. your salary. You might have to do a little bit more work in terms of, you know, you'll have to wash the client's hair well, rather you, than actually, the system. I wouldn't say, you, I wouldn't but,
0: say you, you're going to be... No, I mean per less, hour. Less hours. you yeah.
1: less hours sure. for more money. Sure, but what I mean is you don't have the assistant to go, can you shampoo, can you answer the phone, can you do that? Do you know what I mean? So you're per hour, you're doing everything with that one client. But then at the end of the day, you don't have to work as many hours, do you? So. And there's that, another thing that you just reminded me. the beauty of
0: the phone not ringing all the time. Can oh you my imagine God, yeah. noise? Well,
1: really? you know, that was one of the problems I wanted to solve with Go Salon, which is a great segue, actually, into this. Because obviously... You know, I have to go and physically show Go Salon to people because it's very hard for me to translate what Go Salon actually does, and and it, this is like the party political broadcast of um, Salonomics because, you know, we want to um, we want to improve salons in the future. You know, we don't want to waste people's time with more admin and more bureaucracy that's unnecessary. So it did give me a bit of a buzz, Joe, when I did show the girls. You know their QR codes in those beautiful little glass cubes, um, showing like the way to the way to access it and the way to do it and the way to share their apps. And when I explain to them, you know, once you've got a QR code and you're on your customer's home screen, you're circumventing Facebook, Instagram, and Google. You know, you're you're removing all of those distractions from the loop, and that is what I believe the beauty of Go Salon gives. A freelancer so when that customer comes in they see this QR code on the side you talk to them about it you say I'll oh, just scan that code and then you'll get me on your home screen rather than behind the, the wall of whatsapp messages or emails or telephone or text messages Do you know what I mean you've got a button that goes straight from your home screen on your phone direct to me so whenever your client thinks hair or beauty they're just going to press that button. They're not going to go Google or they're not going to go WhatsApp and then be distracted by all their millions of messages. Do you know what I mean? So it really helps that. So when I showed the ladies how fast it was and how simple it was to operate, they all they all were really, really happy and really excited. And, and, and that And for me, that's part of the magic. That's part of the magic of what technology, when it's done well can give you do you know what i mean it's magic but you've got another problem though what's that mate you
0: have to get it out there now
1: well i know that i know that but like i say little by little you know one freelance space at a time don't forget the whole reason why we set up alexander street or why i got involved with that project was to use that as a case study for Ghost Salon and QR codes, so this is something that I've been doing for like over two years, do you know what I mean, like trying to figure out what is the balance between QR Codes in the salon being overwhelming and actually being utilised, it was very interesting because um, Andrew at the hair shop, shout out to Andrew if you're listening, he went, popped in to see the guys at the Amazon salon uh last week and yeah he gave me he gave me some low down on it um he was essentially you know he, t- he took a few nice pictures of like the it set up of all Did the he meet shelves i'm not sure if you met eleanor or not i'm sure you'll you'll um, i'm sure you'll be able to find out when she buys you your dinner again when she buys you when she owes I'm, you well, she owes you dinner time, yeah <laughs> no that's what i mean time, she though. owes you dinner didn't she so i'm sure she'll but, find yeah. out um no, she, she basically, um, uh, basic, what was it? He, he said, right, so basically he said that because the Amazon salon, and, and I quote, I popped into the Amazon salon to have a chat. In short, it's a regular salon with a bit of extra IT for looks that does mainly Amazon employees on the cheap. She said, nobody really uses the QR codes on their shelf and the only people that want to buy retail want it there and then to take home right. so i was like ah that's really interesting, interesting. because interesting. i hear the exact opposite from the salons that i have set up with it that i think the problem with amazon is because these are qr codes on the shelves that no one's talking about do you know what i mean like no one's showing them how to no one that because other people are not seeing other people interacting with it they're not going to interact with it, do you know what I mean? Um, you know, humans are, you know, kind of social fed animals, do you know what I mean? So once you see one person doing something, then the second person does it. That's when the movement begins, do you know what I mean? But how those QRs are used in, in, in Coronado's salon, for example? Yeah, they have the product codes up on the walls below each individual product. But when they sell out of products... They've still got the product on the wall. So that customer, rather than going elsewhere, well, they tell them, go and scan that code and you can order it from our Go Salon. What's the difference between John Corrado's salon
0: and Amazon salon? I know exactly what it is. Do well, you know there's
1: the hairdressers' o- hair own no. it. No, you set up John Corrado's salon didn't you? you yes. Up a hairdresser set up the Coronado system. Yeah. Yeah. Rather yeah, than a bunch of IT guys come exactly. in. Exactly. Yes. That's the difference. So, so the point is at Coronado's people do use the QRs because the hairdressers are telling the customers how to use it. At the Amazon salon you just got a bunch of disengaged hairdressers that don't really care about the tech or care about Amazon as a salon, so they're not using it how a hairdresser would. Do you know what I mean? Because we want to set this QR code up to benefit our clients. Do you know what I mean? To give them easy access to the products that we endorse. You know, we don't want to sell them the products that we endorse at forty percent over market rate. Because this is what has stopped people from buying their products from the salons in the first place because of the discrepancy or the difference in price between the internet and the 40% premium you have to pay to buy it from a salon. Do you know what I mean? Well, so, I, I kind of look at it look, It takes a hairdresser to
0: understand the hairdresser, right? So you've got these sort of techie guys trying to explain to a hairdresser, in the Amazon salon, for example, how to use this Amazon salon. Yeah, they're going to go yeah 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 i get it i get it but that's just it <laughs> once they get into the hairdressing mode they forget all what all about learned.
1: it exactly yeah exactly uh, you,
0: know, you know do you know what i mean whereas a yeah. hairdresser explains it to them it's very simple very layman's term uh, and it's more practical advice right rather than sort of like a, a technical you um, call sort of navigation of, of, of something so again yeah, I could understand your friends, Andrew, saw like um, uh, not negative. i not gonna
1: negative. No, so no. The... It was just a, it was just a brief observation, observation while he observation. was in there. I don't a know how long he was there. Criticism. Yeah, he might have only been there a couple of hours. You know, it might have been quiet. I didn't I didn't get I didn't ask him all of that. But but yeah, no. The whole like I say, the whole thing is fascinating and. You know, it's the same magic when I showed you how to send Bitcoin for the first time, mate. You know? It's the idea that I'm transferring value from me to you with no central authority, with no person in between. You know, this is just code on the internet that works. And and like I say, I know I'm not comparing Go Salon to Bitcoin, because obviously it's not, because obviously I'm having to build this system in order to facilitate Distributors, the cust- the, uh, your clients, and the hairdresser. I'm trying to make this symbiotic re- relationship between all three people. I'm trying to be in the middle of all of that and just trying to connect everyone really, really fluently. But I get the same feeling when I show someone how to do a lightning transaction, or I show someone how to, you know, send a, a, a boostergram on 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 podcast. You know, there's that same magic feeling when, when the hairdresser realises for the first time. So my client just scans that and then they can buy and have it sent to their home and I get a kickback for that. I'm like, yes. And I'm like, and the bonus is it takes 10 seconds to do it as well, 10 seconds, you know, it's none of this awkwardness of, oh, what's the product I want, oh, type it into Google, it's blah, 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 blah product, do you know what I mean, and then they're inundated with like 10,000 links of, you know, stockists for that thing, it's all taken care of, you know, within opening the camera, scanning the code, pressing the buy button, and it's done, do you know what I mean, 10 seconds, so, so yeah. So it what it does, mate, is it reinforces my belief in this thing that I am building at the moment. You know that well, no, it, 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 it should it work really, really. Yeah.
0: it it should work really well in Creative Hub. Yes. All right? If they have got sort of fifteen people come and go um, at sort of various times of of the uh, the, the the salon's week, right? Mm. Then you have got fifteen potential hairdressers you know selling various all different types of um, products rather than being law to one product right mm. which most songs are law to one product or one brand yeah so yeah it, it should it should you should get it out there as quick as possible now sure because creative help is open and whilst it's open you should get out there to them as quick as possible sure that's how I see it really well done
1: uh, yeah, on that note, I just want to do the support, uh, do the read, Joe Mehmet. Um, Salonomics is the business side of hair and beauty sector, with no BS. Please support the show, because unlike any other industry broadcast, Salonomics has decided to be a solely listener-supported production. This means the listeners contribute to the show by both financially and through engaging in the subjects we talk about. Please help us by becoming a supporter and passing the word that Salonomics is the only show which shares your passions and airs your grievances. Your contributions help us to continue to bring the content that other creators cannot dare to. If you want a shout out or to get something off your chest in an anonymous way, critique a colleague or burn a bridge in a funny way, maybe you want to throw someone under a bus. Make sure you send us a note via our website, salonomics.com. Alternatively, you can always download Telegram and send us a message on there. But there are just one more thing on this. I want to promote and give a shout out to the Fountain app. So Joe Mehmet, I had a Google Teams meeting with the founders of this new Fountain app last week. It turns out that not only do they work around the corner from yourselves in Hoxton... Um, they are a podcast app developer and they have created this beautiful looking podcast, which has a kind of social element to it as well. But not only that, it's lightning enabled, which means that you can set up a lightning wallet and you can send and receive Satoshis. And as, as you know, Joe, what's a Satoshi? It's a bit of a Bitcoin. It's the smallest denomination of a Bitcoin. It's a bi- That's it's a correct. Bitcoin. That is correct. So I had a really interesting chat with uh, Nick uh, Nick Molster, and um, he ended up sending us some Satoshis into our wallet as well to get us started. But what I like about this, this, um, this new app is that they've got this clip system so that when you open the app for the first time, because this is one of the problems with podcasting, Joe. People have their favourite podcasts, right? And say you've got 10 podcasts on your podcast list, there's not enough hours in the week, especially if they're long-form podcasts and they're all like, you know, two, three hours each, like no agenda is, do you know what I mean? There's not enough hours in the week that you can keep up with every episode. However, Fountain App have solved that problem because what you can do is you can clip bits. So you can clip small segments of the show and post it onto the feed that your followers will be able to see and they'll be like, oh, okay, there's a one minute clip from that show. That's interesting. But it helps discover. It helps other people discover podcasts. And it and it like I say, it kind of there's a lot of noise in podcasts. You know, we do a show. I always say to you, I want to keep it under an hour every week, just because otherwise we can just keep going round and round and round the houses with a lot of subjects. But I, I really like this clip system, so I've had a couple of goes on it. It's a very, very small, small app at the moment. I mean, I, I had a look on the app store. It said there was barely a 100 downloads so far. So go and support Podcast, yeah? Fountain.fm. Type into Google Fountain.fm. You've got your download links on there. Nick, if you're listening as well, I'll clip this as well, and I'll share this as a clip. Um, the app's really clean as well. It's really nice. Uh, and you can set your wallet up on there. And if you set your wallet up on there, you know, let us know. We'll we'll, we'll get you started. We'll stream you some Satoshis. Um, but yeah, fountain.fm. Download that app. And uh, become part of the whole podcasting 2.0 generation. Because it really is the answer to the decentralised um, media, uh, um, alternative media. It's basically the future of alternative media because once Google and YouTube censor everyone that says something that's not within the narrative of our government...
0: I don't think you can get on the Apple App Store.
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. It says download on the App Store on the, on the home page, click it, okay. click all the right, button, it takes you straight to the Apple App Store Fountain Podcasts. Fountain. Go Fountain.fm. Fountain. Dot F-M, okay, i Fountain.fm, There you go, look,
0: right. okay, download so on the download. App
1: Store. There you go.
0: Okay, there, all right, yeah, I got it. There, yeah,
1: you got it, so download yeah. that Have a play with that, check out, because there's a whole movement behind podcasting 2.0, you know, started by Adam Curry and uh, Dave Jones. And they're basically developers, you know, they're basically kind of starting an army of developers which are building out the podcasting protocol, the RSS feed. Now, this is something that's kind of been neglected for about 15 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, because Twitter and Facebook and all of these other centralised systems took off, people migrated away from the decentralised network, which is RSS. Now, I think after, obviously, everything that's gone on over the last 18 months with the hysteria of, you know, government crises, um, you know, I think it's time that we... Start switching off mainstream news and mainstream media and start seeking out alternative opinions and alternative views. Well, basically, the best place to hear those alternative opinions and views is on Podcasting 2.0 because that is completely decentralized. No one can be deplatformed from those networks either. Nobody owns them, and this is the beauty of, of building this network out. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I'm a supporter of it, and I know you are too.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you. I think it's uh, now with the fact... can I add my crows to it? Not Bitcoin to the fountain wallet. No, it just has to be Bitcoin?
1: no, it's Bitcoin Lightning. It's Lightning enabled, um, and Bitcoin Lightning network is um, it's the sec- it's the second layer of the Bitcoin network. So basically, if you've got Bitcoin, it can be easily transferred to a Lightning wallet, um, and Yeah, basically, think of Lightning as your, like, current account, and think of Bitcoin as your savings account. So, you know, your Lightning wallet is just to have, like, you know, 50, 60 quid in there, you know, which you can just pay for, like, you know, peripherals, like, but bumbling around the internet, do you know what I mean? Rewarding people and sending satoshis. Um, Whereas, obviously, the Bitcoin main chain is where, you know... Billions and billions and billions of dollars are stored in there. Um, And and, and there's a difference because obviously when you send a Bitcoin payment, it will cost, you know, maybe a couple of pounds to send a Bitcoin payment. But when you send a Lightning payment to someone, it costs you uh, one thousandth of a penny. Do you know what I mean? It it really costs you absolutely nothing to... And it's more private as well. There's a lot more privacy um, attached to a Lightning wallet than there is... A Bitcoin wallet. So, you know, there's there's so many great advantages to becoming sovereign and to be getting some of your wealth into Bitcoin. It opens up this whole other decentralized world that is away from Facebook, that's away from Instagram. Do you know what I mean? It's away from Google. And, and I think in order to keep everyone's amygdalas shrunk and everyone stop being so... Um, you know, hysterical about everything that goes on in the mainstream world. We need to start, you know, kind of turning away from that that network and that system I, of doing well, I,
0: things. Well, I think I think the, the the problem with I mean I agree I totally agree right I I don't need to turn news I mean I I dread my wife putting the news on you know I really dread it because I can't stand anything. <laughs> On, on tv these days right? do you
1: find it makes you angry joe as well
0: it does he actually dis- I, I actually get depressed Aaron, right i find it you know, makes I mean, me angry it makes me angry it doesn't like... make me angry right i'm not an angry person but it depresses me because i i'm always in i i enjoy life all right i, I enjoyed all aspects of life right mm. no matter what but now right the it's such a negative that there's no there's no impartiality there's no sort of alternativeness it's just this one vision right and I'm I'm an I'm a non-conformist but I'm also a a humanist too I care and when you got idiots right people who really not educated, got no life experiences whatsoever telling you how to
1: behave not how to Mm. live Aaron well, it's and this monopolization like, of attention, isn't it? That's that's my yeah. biggest deal with it. It's like people are so distracted by I, you know I mean, trivial things.
0: There's nothing beautiful, you know. I mean, as hairdressers, we we our eyes are wide open to detail. All right, you know, we that's how we that's how we work. We work to detail, right? And and we see everything. There's a there's a nice beauty in our in our vision you know when we see something there's beauty surrounding it but these days right it's ugly and all i see is ugliness
1: and and it's quite evil really and and this is what i find we well like sad. i say that's 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 why i think people need to zoom out you know we we work with small details every day but i think i yeah. i mean i i certainly have and i know you have you've certainly got the ability to zoom out and look at bigger picture scenarios i think with this you know this micromanagement of society via mainstream media i think there's so many people in our country which are so hyper focused on all like politics and and all of that is a load of you know it, it's a distraction. It is a distraction from what you should be doing with your life and what you should be getting on with in your life. Do you know what I mean? And I don't think it's helpful, and that, and that's why I, I try and encourage people to come over to the the Bitcoin dark side because you know most people I know in the Bitcoin space they understand they're 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 woke or they're awake. Should I say not woke? They're awake. And they understand how this whole system operates. Do you know what I mean? And it's you know it's a form of mind control, and it's a form of abuse, as well. So, you know.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I I I totally agree. And and it's it's not going to get it better, really. No, it's not going to get it better. No, no. You know, you know. Anyway.
1: Anyway, let's move on. go salon automates your retail process we connect you and your client to a distributor online that will fulfill your order and send it direct to your customer this enables all of our users to earn commission without any extra work it's that simple sign up today gosalon.uk yeah who are you gonna friend at the bus mate who you gonna friend of the bus mate. You got a Oh yes, Under the Bus. We really do need a jingle for Under the Bus. I am, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send uh, Adam Curry a Boostergram and I'm going to ask him to make us an Under the Bus jingle uh, that I can clip and then I can use in, in future shows. But yes, I've got... Today's going to be an educational Under the Bus, Joe Mehmet. I know you've certainly been asking me about CBDCs just recently. Um Do you want to explain to people what CBDCs are, Joe? You 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 could explain a lot
0: better than i I I know exactly where it is, but you can explain.
1: I have a fantastic clip from a guy called... Who I like to refer to him as Augustus Gloop. And if you actually take a look at him, you'll see why I call him Augustus Gloop. But no, his name is... Augustin Carstens and he's the general manager of the Bank of International Settlements and this is a a 57 second clip and he's just going to talk about why central bank digital currencies are well are going to be the future for his for his industry let me just play you this Joe our analysis on
0: CBDC in particular for the use of general to the general use Uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash, Uh, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, For example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who's using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Uh, A a key difference with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also we will have the technology to enforce that. Those those two issues are extremely important and that makes a huge difference with respect to uh, to what cash is.
1: Did you hear that? Yeah. So basically CBDC stands for Central Bank Digital Currency. And the reason why central bank digital currencies are important for central banks is because they will be able to control 100% of the money supply. They will be able to control where you spend your money, how you spend your money, who you give it to, and basically human freedom disappears when you have a central entity as corrupt as the central banking system controlling 100% of payments throughout the globe what do you think is going to happen mate tell that that them. tell us well it's just going to be the end to human liberty you won't be able to go anywhere because your central bank di- central bank digital currency will be linked to your vaccine passport your vaccine passport will be linked to your central bank digital currency. And if they are successful in destroying the economy and turning us into an an autonomous, uh, sorry, uh, an automated economy, then where's our money going to, where's our ability to earn cash going to come from, mate, if the central banks control it all?
0: Well, look, the, 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 the problem is, right, is that I believe the West, when I say the West, right, Europe, America, right have they they're uninvestable these 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 continents right are uninvestable they they're so wrapped up right with so many issues okay that they can't um they can't let freedom take control because these these um these people in government responsibilities you know the banking all institutions all right because all producers are like survive on lies okay and they need to they, this narrative about finance vaccination fear it's, it, it all comes under fear you, do, do you know what I mean and and people I think they realized this or sort of many years ago with the 9 uh, 11 thing people are willing to give up their freedom for safety for security because they've done that with with the anti-terror laws they're expanding on it now aren't they they're going into your health right now once they got their health under control which they will do because you know look at so like certain countries right there's going to be a lockdown for the unvaccinated once they get this under control then what's going to be the next thing money then they want to take control of your money And that's the that's the that's the danger, Aaron. Well, basically,
1: what what this is going to what this is um, a cover for, it's a cover for the ability for them to continue to debase our currency. It's a cover for them to carry on printing money. And have you heard you've heard of the cantillon effect, haven't you? No which is basically that those closest to the money printers benefit from it. So basically those that have banking relationships can get this newly printed money for 0%. They can buy up all the assets before inflation occurs, before inflation occurs 12, 18, 24 months down the road. So that when the inflation does occur, they can then either sell those assets... Or basically rent, rent those assets out for the rest of their life. So they're benefiting because of their their proximity to the money printers. And basically, this is what central bank digital currencies are going to do. They have printed up $3.5 trillion in the last year alone, the American Federal Reserve, right? That has debased the American dollar, so much so that it's created supply chains to fail. It's it's created this inflationary environment we're currently in. So they want, of course, they and, and of course, during COVID as well, you've seen an attack on cash where a lot of organizations, a lot of restaurants and and even Ross's ice cream in Southend. Shame on you, Ross's. Uh, Refuse to take two pound coins to pay for an ice cream. Do you know what I mean? They want it done on your card. And of course, when you're handing over cash, that car- that customer and that company gets one hundred percent of that cash. When you're using a card all the time, three percent goes to the bank. Or split between the clearing house and the, you know, the Visa, the Mastercard, and the bank. Do you know what I mean? And then, do you know? So, this is a way of them nickel and dimeness for the rest of our life. But the other beautiful thing with the CBDCs, and when I say beautiful, I mean in in central bankers' eyes, they will be able to input a negative interest rate on this money that they give you, so that purposely it will lose value over time. So come on Joe, you've got you've got 100 pounds. You've got to spend it this week otherwise we're going to basically just remove it from your wallet and you won't have it. Do you know what I mean? So the technology is evolving and some people I've heard saying, oh, well, Bitcoin was the precursor to that. Bitcoin was the proof of work for them to be able to do it. No, it wasn't. No elite has ever invented something that changes humanity. Do you know what I mean? They jump on a bandwagon and they've got the power to do it because they have unrestricted finances and resources to do it. Bitcoin is the answer. It's the anti-CBDC and this is why i think it's important that we start to at least educate some of the people that are listening to our show joe the what the difference is between a cbdc they're both digital currencies but one is not controlled by anyone the other one is controlled 100% by bad actors <laughs> ie central bankers so so yeah anyway that's your that's your lesson today on uh CBDCs, and why they're a threat to, well, not only humanity, I mean, because I was going to keep it, I was going to keep it, the reason why CBDCs are a threat to salons, because they will be easily linked to your carbon emissions, so somebody that's coming to you for a cut and blow dry Joe, they may have money, they may have their credit limit might be okay, they may have money, but oh... That week, they'd been to the shops twice, and car- they've they've run out of carbon limit, so they can't come to the salon to have your hair cut and blow-dried because they haven't got the carbon limit to do it. Do you know what I mean? And, and what CBDCs do, it-, it connects all of these things together, and that's why it's the biggest existential threat to not only the high street, not only salons, but every single individual and local business owner out there
0: yeah no it's, yeah. listen it's, it's it's it is depressing it really is Aaron I mean I I, I do I do despair I really do I, but the sad thing is right is that people people sort of go out so it's not going to affect me as long as I'm this and this it's not going to affect me mm. it will affect them of it, course will affect it will. Yeah. everybody because I, I I'm going to go back to this to the smoking um campaigns the anti-smoking campaigns right and I said it I told them why should you give these activists an inch they're not going to stop Aaron they're mm. not going to stop and you know when these people die right these activists die. someone's going to replace them all the time look at the internet Britain blabber yeah. you know six or seven got put in prison during the day at the mm. next day they were demonstrating in central London do, do, mm. do you know what I mean so mm.
1: There's always gonna be people gonna replace There's them. this vacuum. There's yeah. this vacuum at the top, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Alright then, mate. Yeah. Well look, what um let's let's wrap up today's yeah, show. So. We're over an hour again. I mean we're absolutely useless at timekeeping. Do you know, know, know that? Um but anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as usual. Um Joe, where can people find you? On telegram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. And yeah. Joe Joe Memo- Yeah, go on. Bitcoin
0: Essex and anywhere Aaron goes you find me
1: yeah no (laughs) doubt no doubt no doubt um so then what you got plans for the next few days mate what are you gonna be up to um I'm working mate I've been working this morning I'm working
0: all week this week actually I've got a busy week mate I've got a busy week unfortunately but
1: I am keeping an eye out my um on my cryptocurrency I must oh admit. wow yes you didn't give us an update on that how are you doing this week so for those that haven't heard before joe has um discovered crypto and he's put a few little side bets on haven't you mate
0: yeah i mean listen i i put a initial investment of x amount of money mm. not in bitcoin though all right because this, this is why this was my thinking right i, I do want to get into bitcoin but mm. i want to look at the next big thing that could happen I'm not saying it will happen but I, I, I did a lot of research on, on on um on the crypto.com website and and I found this token or coin and uh, and yeah I've got to sort of say it's it's going quite well as you know yourself because uh, I think you got a of these um coins yourself and um but I'm looking at a long term I'm not looking I, I'm not going to sort of trade I don't know nothing about trade I don't ever said. But I'm looking at a long term and the way I saw sort of see well, I, I've seen how the financial markets work and I had a market works Is there was a 10-year cycle all right every 10 years so sort of the the crash the stock market crashes and every 10 years the has prices has market crashes all right so I anticipate that these will crash at one time now but and I believe this company this coin has got strength behind it it's, it's got a strong foundation it will crash but it will rise even higher okay mm, and interesting and like with, with the house prices crashes but only crashes for one day right one minute one one month and then it picks up again Stock market crashes for a day and it picks up again and it goes to an all-time high I mean the stock market during the pandemic was an all-time all-time high was it am I not right am I wrong
1: in thinking that it has no it since- had a, no it had a mass no it had a massive crash but you know th- where do you think three and a half trillion dollars stimulus where do you think it goes it goes into the the elites' pockets, and they go and invest in all the shares and stocks that they already own, which pushes it higher. This yeah. is why you had this is why you had this ridiculous scenario last year. Uh, you had the guys on Bloomberg or Jim, uh, Jim Cramer. I can't remember the dude's name, but there was quite a funny meme went around Twitter, and. You know when you have twenty-four hour news networks and channels, you have all the strap, you have all the straps, uh, strap lines come up on the thing as as like loads of things are all going on at once. You know, like Sky News or Sky Sports News. You've got like a, a banner at the bottom. You know, you've got a ticker on the right. So basically, you had stock markets at record highs, and at the banner at the bottom, record unemployment. Do you know what mm. I mean? So it was like this dichotomy between... Well, they're two opposites. It's like, well, how can there be record unemployment yeah. and yet stock markets are at all-time high? You know, exactly. it, didn't, it, I mean, it, it didn't make any sense to anybody. And a, so, a look, a, a look
0: at the, during the pandemic. Has prices gone up even higher? Right? Well,
1: yes. It, I mean, I would argue that mainly that's down to the inflation that's coming in now, the fact that, our, you know... Yeah. Our I'm just sort debased. of saying,
0: right, so I anticipate all this, right? But whenever there's a sure. crash...
1: It it, it always, there's always there's always a so how's how's your portfolio doing oh, that's very all right. well how mate. many percent you up how many percent you up on a week <laughs>
0: uh, let's let's just go I think it's about today I'm up by oh, sort of base ID I'm up by one hundred twenty eight percent mate wow in one week yeah one hundred twenty eight percent I mean that's, not, that's this a sell signal in my book <laughs> this coin right, is going ballistic mate. It, it'd yeah. be a
1: pound. It'd be a pound. It'd be a pound soon. put coin. I know. Do, do, do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. so yeah. Anyway, look, we're going to have to wrap the podcast okay. up, mate. We've been been going on far too long. I'm going to see Paul Weller tonight. Uh, Ooh, my Avenue, wife's Sarah. favourite. Really? do you yeah, like she, Paul Weller, does she? She did like Paul Weller. Until I I
0: told her it was a knob. Good stuff.
1: Anyway, well, I'll give you a report about that. But yes, um, I'm going to sign out. You can find us at Salonomics.com. You can send us your uh, notes on there. Join us on Telegram. If you want to make retail easy, go to gosalon.uk and sign up um, using your business name and your email address and we can get you onboarded into that system. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, Joe, Mehmet, I think, I think we've covered everything, right? Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, mate. All Enjoy right then, yourself mate. and I'll speak to right, you soon. Thanks
1: for listening and I'll speak to everyone next week. See you Look soon. Take care. Bye, mate. Bye.